Welcome to Nano Sessions, a NanoLumens podcast where we chat with the experts on all things visualization. Welcome to Nano Sessions. I'm your host, Sean Key. In the world of Pro-AV, digital signage specifically, content is definitely king. Ultimately, you're trying to communicate a message. That phrase, content is king, is almost 100% true because there is something that is equally as important and that's maintaining the security of the content that you're pushing out across these devices. And that is something I think gets overlooked quite a bit in the minds of the general public, but it's not something that gets overlooked in the mind of my guest today. My guest on the podcast is the IT director for NanoLumens, Tony Tran. Hi, Tony. How are you today? Hey, I'm good, Sean. Uh, good to be here. I don't think I can overstate the importance of security. So I want to start off discussing the very real security issues that exist with digital display management systems. Absolutely. Now, what are a few things that you notice right off the bat when you are either designing a system or you're going into maybe upgrade or you're brought in to solve a challenge for a customer? What are the, a few of the first red flags that perk your ears up as far as DMS? Uh, well, Sean, I, I can start off by saying uh, the, you know, the word of technology, not just uh, technology security and not just display uh, management system is that your weakest link is always going to be the end user and the awareness, right? An untrained user is always the weakest link to any security system. Uh, if, if I can, let me take a quick step back. When it comes to digital display management systems, you know, let, let's talk about the whole ecosystem for a second, right? Because as you mentioned, there's, there's, the, there's many components. There's the LED display, there's the content management driver. Um, nowadays, a lot of these content management systems, they are, reside in the cloud, so they're cloud-based. So uh, you have to consider the network medium that is used to connect all of this together. And finally, how it's deployed at the end customer site. Um, and what we have noticed, uh, what I have noticed is that there's, there's no two networks that are alike. Um, there, there's security issues that need to be addressed on a case-by-case basis. All of those factors that you just mentioned, it almost seems as if you're trying to stir a bowl of soup with a fishing net. <laughs> right, right. I'm assuming that just an initial training can help solve a, a huge part of security problems. Absolutely. And, and you know what, if, if the end customers were part of my organization, that would actually be a much simpler task, Sean. Unfortunately, what happens is in a typical deployment, you know, regardless of how well a project is managed, how well a product is deployed, you know, end user training, and I'm sure, you know, you, you being in the industry, as long as you have, you, you know that that is usually an afterthought that happens after the fact, right? So that being said, for for nanolumens, what I do is when we deploy our digital management system, we have to think, you know what, it's it's going to be inevitable that we're going to have a user that may not know how to use it exactly the way it's designed. So they may open themselves, their own network up to a, uh, you know, a whole bunch of risk that is, is not going to be good for their network, their end user experience. So what that tells us is that we have to do our part in securing a platform at the device level. Well, one of the challenges that you face is obviously in turnover in a client's employee 
ranks. As you mentioned, you might have a person who is new to a department who has been tasked with managing content for a particular client, and maybe they don't understand all of the protocols, or maybe they haven't used them often enough to have them ingrained as part of their standard protocols and standard behavior. From your standpoint, you want to design a system with as many fail-safes as possible without becoming so cumbersome that the end user tries to bypass them because that is, I know that is a big challenge that you have. Absolutely. So with that being said, you're absolutely right, John. Uh, you know, we, we want to design a system. Uh, I wouldn't call it, you know, dummy proof, right? Because, you know, at the end of the day, we're dealing with a very, uh, you know, sophisticated you know, uh, tech, a piece of technology, right? We're talking about the digital cloud-based management of content that is driven uh, to the LED displays. So yes, we, we, we here in Animus, we, we try our, you know, our best to come up with a lot of those fail saves. Can I give you some examples? Oh, please do. Here's an example from the software interface. So the content management system here at Nanolumens, uh, it's cloud-based. So in order for users to log on to this platform so they can change the content on their device, they have to log in through a web portal. Well, you know, just, just like many other web portals out there, uh, it's secured by username and password. But we've implemented uh, multi-factor authentication. I'm sure you've heard of it, MFA? Absolutely. So uh, if I could dig into a little details here, uh, let's say today, Sean, you sign in and you're immediately going to get an, uh, a single one-time authorization code either sent to a mobile device we have on file for you as part of your account profile or the email that we have on file. And we use that to authenticate the user. That's that's pretty standard nowadays, right? So so l l let me let me dig into something a little deeper that uh, we, we thought about for our customer. Um, it, if I could paint the scenario for you, Sean. Imagine if you had a, a video wall, right? It's out in public. You have thousands and thousands of eyes looking at it. For some reason, the content, you know, uh, it's not the right content. Somehow it's display got hacked. How, how are you going to get that content off that screen without calling, you know, the, 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 uh, the city block to turn off power? How are you going to do that? Well, and that would be a challenge. Let's say in this hypothetical situation, let's say it's a large display screen in the uh, one of the terminals at Chicago O'Hare. Perfect, perfect. Um, you have a high security environment. It's in O'Hare Airport. You have a display that's on the fritz. It's displaying content that is not supposed to. So that could happen in a number of ways, right? So, so I'm not talking about a blank screen. Of course, a blank screen is going to affect the end user experience. Of course, it's not going to be you know something that O'Hare Airport they want to see. But that's a heck of a lot better than to have incorrect information. You said O'Hare Airport. Absolutely. Let me say. Uh, let, let me mention. You know, you have wrong flight information, right? You have flight information from an hour ago. I think that would be very detrimental to the end users, right? The 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 people going to the airport, right? Not an optimal scenario. <laughs> right. So that being said, well, Nanolumens, we, we built in two kinds of fail-safes. One, we basically have a software-defined kill switch. This kill switch, on a touch of a button in the cloud portal, in the user interface, it sends blank content directly to the screen. So that, that way, it's better to see no content than incorrect content. Here's a, sec here's a, here's a second scenario. What about, and you know, in the realm of security, John, I have to think, about worst case scenario, right? There's nothing that is outside the realm of possibility. You're telling me that it's not possible for somebody, and I, I'm talking, I'm, you know, here I am talking about some Tom Cruise Mission Impossible stuff, right? 
I'm, talk, I'm talking about somebody getting access to the data room, the server room, the server rack where our devices are, are installed and potentially changing the content and then disconnecting the network or disconnecting the ability to access the device. Then what do you do? Right. Well, you know, there is the phrase, the question is not if you're too paranoid, it's if you're paranoid enough. Exactly. You you have to, basically, you have to operate under these pretenses that it's not a matter of if it happens, but rather when. So to drive, to drive the point home, Sean, um, in addition to the soft kill switch that I mentioned earlier, we also have basically a network power distribution unit. This is standard. We install this at every single site. Let it be maintenance or something gets locked up and needs to be routinely power cycled. Basically, PDU, for those that you know, have never heard of that, stands for Power Distribution Unit. So not only is it connected to the network, we actually deploy, and I, know I can get into this in subsequent topics, It's we actually deploy a an LTE router that is powered, um, that is powering that PDU specifically. So the reason we do that is because basically a customer Somebody says, hey, you know what? That display is acting up. It's not. It's doing something it's not supposed to be doing. Kill the content. We don't have to worry about the device not being to be accessed to kill the content via that soft um, blank screen. We can physically power off the display remotely. It's the smartest way to approach that, but I'm betting that it's not something every company does because maybe it's too simple. Exactly. So, so you know, I, I, I'm sure we've all heard it many times. You know, sometimes the most effective solutions are the simplest ones, right? So that's why here at Nanoluminous, you know, we typically take a little bit longer to deploy our products because we have to think about all these scenarios. And this, this is what drives the very first question you asked me, which was, you know, what are the real security issues that exist? And when I say end users are the weakest link, yes, 50% of it is the fact that the user is untrained, right? To your point. They, they may be new, there's a lot of employee turnover, so they're not fully versed in the systems and the processes and how to do things. But also, you need to consider that the end user is going to assume that a platform that they deal with at work, it's going to work, right? It's, it's, it should be secure. Can, can, I, can I give you a non-digital display management example, Sean? Oh, absolutely. Let's say your house, right? IoT devices, Internet of Things, right? Um, I, I know you're counting it in your head right now. After I said that, uh, the, the average person has, you know, at least three or four smart devices at home. Let it be a smart deadbolt, a thermostat, doorbells, cameras, um, anything Wi-Fi enabled, right? For example, my my wife, she has this, <laughs> she has this little Wi-Fi plug in the in the in the restroom where you know she doesn't want to get up and turn off the light, so she just says. Alexa, turn off the light, and it turns off, right? Super easy configure. She's in the healthcare industry. She doesn't deal with technology much, but even she was able to figure it out. So let me let me say this. From the end user perspective, and, and, and have, let me ask you this, Sean. What I just described of how, my, my, uh, how Anna was able to configure this, does that sound easy? Does that sound that it's something that um, is attractive to an end user, something that's easy to set up? Anytime you can simplify the implementation or application of technology, I think it's always the better part of the decision. So yes, I agree with you 50%. The other 50%, Sean, what I will say is in how easy it is to set up one of those set IoT devices, that just goes to show you how unsecure it really is. I mean, according to a latest cybersecurity study by IBM just last year, this number is going to shock you. 
47% of IoT devices that, is, that are installed on home networks are inherently vulnerable to be attacked. So what does that mean? That means if one type of doorbell is prone to being hacked then every single type of doorbell, and you wanna know why? It's because all IoT devices that are the same type, right? So not all of them, but the same type. I'm talking you know, doorbell to doorbell, thermostat to thermostat. They're all designed using the same blueprint. So that being said, if there's a vulnerability that exists in one set of blueprints, it's going to exist in every single brand for that type of device. Does that make sense? And you know, one of the the inherent uh, weaknesses and also one of the amazing benefits of these ecosystems, and you've mentioned it a couple times, is the fact that they are able to interact and use cloud technology. But I specifically for these display systems, while updating content via the cloud is wonderful, that is a huge, huge security gap. So can we talk a little bit about how you approach systems that don't constantly live in the cloud and that have an offline personality? Sure. Um, and, and, you know, I think the best way, Sean, to, to explain this was it would be to provide you with an example. When, you, when we talk about offline versus online uh, platforms, right? So in this case, you're talking about offline, on-premise implementation versus a cloud implementation. Did I, did I understand you correct? Absolutely. And also offline management, which obviously would require some sort of connectivity, even if it might be temporary to update the content. Now, this would be obviously not super helpful in, I don't know, a call center or in the previous example at O'Hare Airport with flight schedules, but in, say, uh, a corporate lobby you might be able to just upload the meeting schedule for the conference rooms for that day. And then you would be able to take that system offline because it doesn't need to be updated until a scheduled time at some point later on today. That is correct. And, and speaking of updates, that can be done by, you know, uh, the client themselves and users or, you know, through the, you know, in, in our case, us uh, as the uh, ecosystem provider. So, if I could, I'll give you a particular example that comes to mind, um, as you were mentioning that. You said corporate lobbies, right? Right. So corporate lobbies, uh, you know, typically we, we install a lot of our displays, uh, large format, uh, fine pitch displays in financial institutions, right? Kind of the headquarter locations, you know, the flagship locations, right? And in these in these locations, uh, case in point, a financial institution, we're talking about, and you, you, you mentioned O'Hare Airport, um, and you know I'll, I'll tie that in. You know that's considered a high security environment, right? You know these the, these clients, these customer sites, they're not going to allow you to, like you said, run something through the cloud, right? Uh, that means you uh, have a device that talks out to the cloud. It's fetching updates. It's being controlled by those outside the organization. That, that's not going to work. They need an on-premise solution. So there's a, without giving out the name, uh, we had a financial institution that fits this uh, scenario exactly. Um, they loved our display technology and our you know digital management uh, system. They they loved the idea that we could provide them with remote diagnostics, uh, remote management, content management, you name it. They wanted it. We were able to provide it. But guess what, Sean? There was one issue. They they said. The only way for this to be approved and for us to move forward with this at, at our headquarter locations and all of our branches is we have to have your platform offline. It has to be an on-premise solution. That's a 
challenge. Not unheard of, but definitely a challenging situation. Absolutely. And, and you know, when, when it was first mentioned to us, you know, we, w- we went back to the R&D team and we mentioned to them, said, guys, you know, this customer, they really like our product. They, it's going to be, you know, a, a great opportunity for us to get our platform out there. But they want it to be an offline platform. What can happen? Well, the thing is, instead of, you know, us telling them, you know, okay, well, you know, we have to win this deal. We have to make it an offline uh, platform. We, we can, cre- uh, I'm sorry, let me correct myself. We have to create an offline instance. We, we, we took the time to weigh the pros and cons of this. So we asked the client, why do you want this to be offline? And they said, security, what else? We, we can't have things to access the cloud. And we said to them, okay, um, so, so, so is the concern that anybody can upload anything to the cloud? So Bob, I'm just throwing that name out there. Bob can be at home on his iPad and he can update content and it, and it shoots out to all your displays, uh, one being your corporate lobby. And they said, yes, that's exactly the concern. And we said, well, if, you know, if we can take the time, let, let us walk you through the, how our digital management, content management system works. The on-site appliance that needs to be on-site regardless cannot be accessed to update content. It all happens through the cloud. And we would like to work with your on-site security team to create a specific network to create address objects that go. Now, now I hope I'm not boring anybody that's listening. <laughs> I'm getting too detailed here. Um, it, it, you can create access objects that go directly to our cloud-based servers. And you know what that does, Sean? Basically, and, and, I, and I know you're already thinking this, it's, it's a VPN tunnel, basically. It's a tunnel. You're, you're tunneling traffic from source to destination. And you know what happens when you do that? You, you, you keep all the traffic that's intended to go, to go to one place and come from one place in that tunnel. So with that, with that explanation, we talked to the client. And we said, "Hey, we, you know, we, you're not our first financial institution. This is not the first time we've heard about this concern. We, 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 we've heard it. We've thought about it. We've addressed it. This is what we propose. And guess what happened? I'm going to assume that they said, "Wait, somebody else has already done this. We weren't the first people to think of this." <laughs> right, right. They, you know, they, they said, you know, well, you know, every organization is different, and we, and we said, we understand that. That is why. You know, we have an entire implementations team, a security assessment team. We have field engineers, sales engineers that are catered specifically to each kind of client, uh, each kind of prospective client, you know, financial uh, institutions, uh, retail spaces, airports, like you mentioned, because, you know, you know, on our website, when we promote custom displays, I I guess we need to update our website because it's not just custom displays, it's custom solutions. Right. It's the entire ecosystem. So long story short, um, it took us time to actually sit down and talk with the client security team to listen. Right. And that's a big thing you got to do or you can't always talk. You have to listen. We have to listen to their concerns. Let, let, you know, they, they mentioned everything. They said, this is not going to work. This is not going to work. Cloud based. You said cloud. You said you said cloud. You said um, uh, Internet. Right. Those two things don't work in our, in our environment. But when we mentioned to them, well, you know what, this, this, is, this has been brought up before. This has been a concern for similar clients as yourself. This is how we've managed it. This is what they've been running on for the last you know, one year, two years, three years, four years, five years, and they haven't had any issues. Then guess what? The customer says, 
I like that. I trust you. I trust that solution. It makes sense. It's logical. Everything is spelled out. Let's 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 do it. Now, you mentioned the website and jokingly say that you need to update it. Not every client is super thorough in doing their due diligence. Maybe they haven't scoured the website, so maybe they have some misconceptions. What one misconception would you like to address with me right now regarding digital display management systems? Wow. If you had to pick one, mm-hmm. what would it be? Now, I, I do want to say, Sean, that's a great question. And my answer to you is going to be, you know, from my expertise, which is from a technical perspective, right? And security. And I will say this, a lot of people, when they look for, or, you know, if they just do any kind of research on digital management systems, content management systems, what they assume and they don't look for this specifically is to look for a seal of a security vulnerability test, right? I mean, who who does that? Let me, you know, do you buy it? It's pretty nerdy. I'm not going to lie, Tony. <laughs> All right, let me let me let me let me break it down. So so how about this? You know, Apple and Android phones, right? I don't want to single anybody out, right? So I'll say both. So Apple fans, Android fans that are listening, you know, how many people buy a phone and the first question they well, first thing they do is. Go to the manufacturer and ask them, hey, uh, I would like to see the security vulnerability uh, report on this device. Who does that? Nobody. I'm going to say that number is pretty small between zero and none. Zero and none? Well, I'm going to correct you, Sean. It's zero and one because I'm that kind of person that would ask. (laughs) Okay. I like it. Zero and one. To, to, To drive my point. People, when they look for clients, right, you know, that are interested in this technology, that they want an entire ecosystem, what they fail to do a lot of times is to ask that very fundamental question, which is, have you performed? I'm, I'm talking about the vendor here, right? You ask the vendor, have you performed a third-party security vulnerability test? Because you know what that reveals? That reveals any kind of lines of code, any kind of um, uh, a feature or functionality that exists that has not been fully vested for um, for any kind of threats, for any kind of uh, loopholes or vulnerabilities. So when you go through a third party, all that's going to be assessed. And there's nothing wrong with asking for that report. I mean, would you buy a car from car? Would you buy a car from a dealership and not ask for the Carfax? Not today, I wouldn't. Right. I would have ten years ago. Absolutely. But we don't live ten years ago, and in digital displays. If you're not living next week, you're doing it wrong. That's right. Absolutely. So so that's why from beginning to end, you know, here at Nanolumens, you know, my job is to ensure that our platform is secure, right? That we have thought about all the ways how it could potentially be hacked. You know, the old saying, uh, if you want to uh, find a criminal, you have to think like a criminal, right? Well, same thing here when it deals with technology security. In order for us to protect the end user, right, the the, the customer, their content, we, we can't just say it's it's on the user, right? If they give away their password and if they write it on a post-it and put it on their monitor, somebody logs in, that's on them. Do, 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 you, do you think that would jive well with clients if we told them that? I don't think it would engender a lot of confidence, no. It certainly would not. So what we do instead is we don't beat around a bush. We tell them, we provide to them, hey, here's our third-party security vulnerability test. If, if you're looking at any other competitor, if you're looking at any other product, we welcome you to ask them for their security vulnerability test. So then you can ensure that, hey, you know, are you comparing apples to apples? 
So earlier on, you know, not not not, not to beat a, uh, beat something to death, but remember when I mentioned the IoT devices, right? I, I bet you every person that's listening to this podcast right now, they're going to go home and and look up online, you know, uh, the the make and model of their device, and they're going to type in after that the word security threats, right? And I and I I will you know venture to say that they're going to find out that wow, this device is inherently you know, unsecure, right? Vulnerable to being hacked. So that's my biggest thing today is if if you're out there, if you're shopping, if you're contemplating, if you feel like you want to, you know, move into the world of LED displays and cloud-based content management systems, hold the vendor, the manufacturer accountable. Ask them for these reports. Because here's the thing, Nanolumens, we're one of the industry leaders when it comes to First to market cloud-based platforms, LED displays, fine pitch technology, but it's not us against the world. We welcome, you know, other companies to work with us, right? To ensure that the platforms that are created for the user base, it's as secure as it needs to be. And if it takes all of us together as an industry, Sean, to you know, another month, another six months, right? Obviously, you don't want to go any longer than that. But you get my point. If the goal is to be first to market then somebody's going to have to pay the sacrifice, right? And, and who's that who, Who's that user? You already know. First to market also means you're the first to possibly have a catastrophic failure. Here at Nanolumens, we understand that no matter how much you, you test the platform, no matter how much you try to emulate the field environment, there's no way for you to cover all bases, right? That's a, that's a given fact. But the second best thing you can do is what? And I'll tell you, Sean, because this is what we... We do here at Nanolumens that you know you don't really see on our website. You don't see in a white paper. You don't you know you don't unless you come here at our headquarters location and you sit in one of our conference rooms, one of our huddle rooms. You'll never hear this. What we do is we actually have an advisory committee that consists of different kinds of customers out there, and we 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 obtain their feedback, their their criticisms, right? You know their their pros and cons. This is what they. This is what they would like to have. This is what they have discovered. I mean, at the end of the day, tell me what is the best way to increase user adoption than to have your users as part of your development. Don't you agree? Absolutely. The best way to know if a recipe is any good is mm-hmm. to find out mm-hmm. if people like it. Right, right on. Today, it has been an absolute pleasure for me to nerd out ever so briefly with the IT director for NanoLumens, Tony Tran. I have a definite feeling we're going to have more conversations and get even nerdier in the future. Thanks so much for taking the time. Absolutely, Sean. This is just the tip of the iceberg. There's a whole lot more where this came from. 